You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. And that was that was the one problem I think I was having with the the last record we did, where it was like, oh, I, I want to you know jam it out and hear it, because I'm so used to writing that way. Like I'll hear something, and be like, oh, this could, we put this here, you know, blah blah blah. But I learned with Zach uh, the way he uh, was writing on Guitar Pro, and he would share those programs with me, and uh, just seeing how that went, and we finally. We figured it out how to do it with that time. And then this time it's just, we locked it in. Hey, what's up everyone? Matt here from Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal podcast. I hope that you had a killer weekend. I most certainly did. This Fox and Hops episode is presented by Heavy Montreal. Heavy Montreal are Montreal's premier metal promoter. And if you are ever in Montreal, trust me when I say this, if you are looking for a killer show to go to, Heavy Montreal will have you covered. I am beyond stoked to have Heavy Montreal behind the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast. Now, before we jump into today's episode, I'd just like to ask you to follow the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast on the podcast platform of your choice. But more than that, I would love for you to tell a friend about the podcast. If there's someone in your life that just loves extreme music and loves craft beer, well, you should definitely let them know that the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast exists. You could tell them that there are over 400 episodes where I sit down with some of the world's best metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while enjoying craft beers. If you would encourage one of your metalhead, beer-loving friends to become a brand new Vox and Hops head, that would be something that I would truly appreciate. Now today on the podcast, I'm very stoked to be with Zach Weed and Tony Rolandelli of Almost Dead. Get ready, everyone. This is Vox and Hops episode number 448. I warn you, what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed. What's up, everyone? Today, I'm very stoked to be with Tony Rolandelli and Zach Weed of Almost Dead. Guys, uh, we are recording this right before I take off. Well, we take off right before we take off for the unquestionable blasphemy tour where we are going all across Europe and UK and Ireland. We're hitting Scotland uh, with Atheist. Uh, it's going to be sick, super stoked that you guys are here tonight. I'm happy that we're doing this. Uh, I've had a podcast for five years and it took me this long to realize that I should probably hang out with the bands that I'm going to tour with before a tour to help promote the tour. Long introduction just to say, how you guys doing? All right, man. Freaking thanks for the invite. This is awesome. Yeah, doing well. Thanks for having us. Hell yes. Let's just jump straight into things. It's, it's you know, it's it's 9.07. I'm thirsty. I want a beer. Vox and Hops is all about hanging with my metal friends, talking about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. What beers, if you do have a beer on your side, are you drinking tonight? Um, show, showcase them to the people at home and give the breweries a shout out. I'm, I'm all about the space dust. I don't know. The double IPAs is my thing, I guess. It's Elysian, right? It's, it's a classic um, yeah, Elysian. West Elysian, Coast yeah. brewery. Um, I've crushed a bunch of those. They are really delicious, and I haven't had one in quite some time, so I'm jealous right now. <laughs> right. How about you, Zach? Uh, you, uh, your last name is Weed, so hypothetically you might be enjoying something else during this chat. Uh, that's fair. I'm not. I, I wanted to pay tribute to our French Canadian brethren in Cryptopsy, so I'm having oh, a Maudit yes. from Unibrew to celebrate our venturing out together. Hell fucking yes. Maudit from um, Unibrew is, is such a classic beer from here. When I started drinking, um, I wanted to get a bit more fancier back in the day. I would lean over into that section, away from the Molson or the Labatt, and I would pick up a Unibrew. I would pick up a Trois-Pistol. Typically, it was a Trois-Pistol from my history, and it was always a bad idea to pick up the second 
big bottles of Trois Pistas because then you'd wake up just feeling dirty the next day. But I still, I've been drinking actually a lot of Unibrew in the past few months uh, because uh, after the U.S. tour that we did uh, back in September, I was fed up of IPAs and I wanted something just completely different. So I started crushing a bunch of... Uh, of uni brews tonight i am drinking an, an ipa a double ipa so so we have something in common there tony uh, this is from my very good friends in kanawaki brewing shout out to drew and the rest of the team amanda for hooking me up with this one this is their lake monster super metal themed uh, brewery um well not themed brewery but ran by metalheads this is an 8.6 percent double new england ipa and the artwork was done by my friend yeah my my friend oh, philip nice. ivanovic um flat bathtub He's just done a bunch of stuff for them, including the Cryptopsy Whisper Supremacy uh, Worship Beer, the Pilsner Supremacy, uh, which Philip reimagined the cover of uh, Whisper Supremacy for the K-Town beer that comes out every few months. I don't have one right now. I wish I did, but I do have a Lake Monster. I'm going to crack this one open, and I'd love to hear about your first beers. Let's start with you, Zach. Take us all the way back to your very first beer. Oh, man. I It was probably like a Miller Lite or something. Um, because as first beers tend to go, it's like the beer that everybody who can buy you beer is getting. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, it was probably like a Miller Lite that I snuck like at a bar with friends when they were over 21 and I was not. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go with Miller Lite. Hell yes. It's a party beer. Um, Tony, how about you? Take us back to your first brew. Man, I, you know, it's. I'm thinking about it, and it'd have to be when we were little hoodlums um, back in the day. Probably we were like, I don't know, 13, and ended up down at the liquor store and got some King Cobra 40s bought for us. Really? Is that like you're, you're standing outside waiting for like an adult to come by and you, you slip oh, him yeah. some money? Oh, yeah, and you always get that one guy that's already drunk, and he's like, oh, <laughs> don't worry about it, you know? Yeah. What Hell an yes. idiot. You look back now, and you're like, I can't believe that guy bought us that. <laughs> Well, if you, you know, if you guys are waiting outside a liquor store at 13 years old, it can't be that late. So for him to be day drunk at that point. Sorry, <laughs> yeah. making buddy, questionable decisions. Apartment, apartment complex right next to a liquor store. So it's like you just walk around the corner, hang out, guy pop out, we get some 40s. Oh, man. Good time. <laughs> at what point or have you ever now you're, you're drinking uh, the, the dust, uh, the Elysian dust. Uh, uh, so talk to me about um, foraying into finer beers. Is that something that you guys ever fell into the trap, the slippery slope, the rabbit hole that I found myself totally engulfed in of craft beer? I think uh, I'm more of a vodka drinker. I love vodka. I'm vodka whenever I go out. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, somewhere along the line, like I, I used to drink Coronas all the time. And then as soon as I hit that first IPA, I haven't really been back to any, uh, I used to love Heffenweizens. Um, I still have those every once in a while, but mainly it's just IPAs lately. I don't know what's wrong with it. Maybe I'm older now. <laughs> I don't know. No, no. You sound like you're going to be good friends with Flo, my drummer, because, uh, he likes uh, Heffenweizens very much, and uh, he doesn't hate a Corona. He's more of a Coors guy, but the vodka side of things. Now, when Cryptopsy, we played in, in Hamburg many, many, many years ago. I don't know if I've ever said this story on the podcast, but it's perfectly fitting because we're about to tour Europe together. And you mentioned vodka. Uh, Flo came back late, late in the morning. This is years and years ago. I think it was in 2009 or something. And there was nothing left on the bus to drink except for peach iced tea and vodka. And it was 
piss pouring rain. So they invented Sunny Hamburgs, which is where you <laughs> mix peach nest tea, iced tea, and vodka. And it is extremely dangerous. So it was called Sunny Hamburgs for many, many years until we renamed it Flow Juice because it just has a funnier, funnier sound to it. And we tend to no longer drink Flow Juice because it's extremely dangerous. But because you like vodka and we're going to Europe and I, we might have to have a night of Flow Juices, I think it would be we should all sip from the nectars of Flow Juice. There we go. Yeah, I'm on like board. <laughs> How about yeah. you, Zach? Zach, did you did you fall into the craft beer uh, conundrum? Yeah, I have my older brother Jordan to thank a lot for for that. As with younger brothers, whatever your older brother is doing is the coolest thing for a minute, and that followed through pretty much to adulthood. And he's the one who got me into heavy music and extreme music, uh, and then later on, getting me into craft beer. So I think I was introduced to Unibrew through him. I was introduced to a lot of craft beer styles, like like German Rauch beer and stuff like that. I, stuff I had never heard of, um, he, he got me into. And yeah, I've kind of been on my own path with it with since then. Um, so yeah, I've been... I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll still enjoy a Coors Light every now and again. We'll never say no to a Coors Light in my life. But, yeah, I definitely enjoy the finer things when it comes to beer. Hell, yeah. Sounds like we're going to have a great time coming up. Uh, and very close to the venue where we're playing in Belgium, there is a bar where you have to give them your shoe. And they hang your shoe on the ceiling, apparently. And then you drink from some special glass. Uh, sounds like a good idea. But the next day, we got to go to the U.K. And you got to go through the border and the ferry. And from historically with Cryptopsy, we, we tend to overdo it the night before we do that. And I'm aspiring to change that habit because it's 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 not a fun thing to do. <laughs> but maybe we got to go hang up our shoes together and drink some some wacky beers. Absolutely. Did they, they give you your shoes back? Yeah, yeah, you get so your shoes bring, back. Should I, bring my ex, should I bring an extra pair? I always bring an extra pair. They're going to have my Crocs up there. You're going to see I like Crocs. <laughs> oh, man. That's hilarious. I'm glad we'll have somebody else. I'm glad we'll have somebody else to do the... Uh, the, the UK ferry crossing with this time. Wow. We have our own experiences yeah. going through that. Oh yeah. Okay. So open up. In 2021, we did the black rituals tour with, um, Batushka and Belfagor. Oh, my boys. Yeah. Diabolical. And, um, well, I had to get an RV. So I did all the driving, That's you horrible. know, I'm like trying to learn how to drive stick two weeks before I left. Like I'm an automatic guy, you know, Zach knew how to drive stick too, but then I, I get the car and my, and I'm like, all worried about crashing it, you know, and it being on my insurance. So anyways, I pretty much drove that whole tour. And then I think the halfway point we hit the UK and we try to get on that ferry. We go through the border. They check our whole RV. They get all this stuff out. They pull us out. You know, it must've took 45 minutes. I drive in to go find the boat. And then, uh, I couldn't find it. And I'm driving. I'm like, where's this? <laughs> Where's the boat out? There's like eight of them, you know? And I'm like, oh, maybe it's to the left. I drive back out the exit. Back out the fucking exit. Next thing you know, we're pulling back around. I'm like, hey, isn't this the border that we just went through? No way. We pull back up. Another 45 minutes. They pull our stuff out. I think I went out and got some shit. Oh, yeah. Oh, it was a nightmare. Yeah, it was a nightmare. God damn. Did you get the ferry, though? We made it. Did you have have the mushy peas? Did you have the mushy peas (laughs) on the boat? 4 a.m., yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You had the full English breakfast on the boat with the mushy peas? I think oh. so. I think if they were open by, by then when we were on no, there. No, I got, I got the full breakfast, too. Yeah, that was nice. Yeah. 
That's crazy. Uh, yeah, um, my friends in the Agonist just did that recently, too. The whole, like, driving themselves in an RV into Europe, and it was rough. So so hats off to you for doing a whole tour like that. Yeah, I was pretty good until I think maybe the third weekend. My parents showed up to Italy and they're like, are you all right? <laughs> no, I'm not. But I'm having <laughs> a great time. <laughs> right, right. Um, I, speaking of your parents, um, <laughs> I'd like to hear about the soundtrack of your youth. When you were growing up in your parents or guardians house, what music was playing when you were not in control of the radio? What music did your parents or guardians listen to? Oh, man. My dad's definitely Leonard Skinner. Um some old school Leonard Skinner, uh, Credence for sure. Um, yeah, more of the old school rock, um, stuff there. So it's a good solid bass though. That's, that's uh, you got, you got the, the rock vibes going on there. Right. Right. A lot of rock vibes and soul, soulful guitar solos. Right. Right. How about you, Zach? Where, 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 what were your parents into? Your parent, your guardians into? Yeah, I got a lot from my dad, and he was very much like there was obviously like the Beatles and kind of that typical more like boomer stuff, but uh, he was very much into like seventies and eighties like alternative rock. So there was like Bach Turner Overdrive and like Mott the Hoople uh, and like seventies and eighties punk as well. Actually, like one of the first. CDs, metal CDs I got was Metallica's Kill 'Em All, and that was because his dad, my dad's dad, had gotten it for him, thinking it was just like a punk record. I was like, you like this kind of thing, right? Let me give this to you. <laughs> and my dad was like, no, this is not really my thing. But then 20 some odd years later, he still had it. I was like, you like Metallica? Well, I got this from my dad like 20 years ago. Maybe you would like it. <laughs> Hell yes, that's cool. At what point you you mentioned that extreme music came from your brother, uh, Zach? How about you, for Tony? Where where did extreme music fall and find in your its its place in your life? Metallica showed up first, of course. Um, I used to hang out with my buddy, uh, my buddy Mark, back in the day, and his dad had would drive an old Chevy truck and just crank up the um, Metallica, and I'm like, who's this? You know, I was probably about uh, maybe thirteen around that time. And that's when uh, I started listening to Metallica. And then all of a sudden, Machine Head showed up. Next thing you know, Sepultura, Pantera. And then after that, I was just hooked, you know. At what point did you did you go start like thinking that you would be in a band, uh, vocals for yourself, guitar for you, Zach? At what point did, did this become like a bigger thing than just something that you would listen to? Me and my buddies were just messing around. I, I was always writing music. As like young, lyrically, lyrically and like more like poems and That's awesome. stuff like that. Um, I grew up doing fader. Um, so I did a lot of, um, acting and plays and dancing and plays. I was in like the nutcracker and all that type. Of How stuff. old were you yeah. at that point? Uh, I was probably about seven, around seven years old. This is something you liked or your parents encouraged you to do. They brought my sister to dance class and I just started dancing next to the class. And then my mom's like, well, maybe I should put him in it. So then I started dancing and I did that all the way until I was about maybe 13, 14. Wow. Um, dancing one worlds and all that type of stuff through jazz, hip hop and did a lot of like performing. So these are your first, your first shows would be dance shows, right? Dance shows. And then, um, Somewhere along the line, uh, my buddy, he actually uh, broke his back 
pitching in baseball in high school. So he was bedridden with a guitar and he started playing the guitar and I started singing some of my songs to his guitar. And then I think it was about a year later after he finally healed up, we ended up playing a show on Halloween on the front porch. We all dressed up. As That's sick. With like trick-or-treaters? And uh, invited all the families to come and they showed up to the house. We're on the front porch. Kids are trick-or-treating and we're just doing Ripping some uh, Metallica songs, Nirvana songs, some Guns N' Roses stuff, um, uh, playing all the rock and roll type stuff that we could play at that time. And then after that, everyone's like, you guys are pretty good. You should keep this rolling. So we just kept kept messing around, ended up in a little studio trying to do some uh, little uh, of our own songs. And we recorded with this guy in Walnut Creek, and it, it was awful. If that stuff released today, <laughs> it's pretty bad. You got to bring yeah. it. Bring it on the tour. I want to hear it. <laughs> yeah. But then uh, after that. Uh, we ended up in the studio at Trident Studios in Martinez. We finally figured out what musicians we wanted at the time. We go there and then uh, record the first album in like, I think that was like 2006. So this is like almost dead. Like your, your, your porch party band became almost dead. Pretty much. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Wow. It was, uh, and it's all my buddies, you know, but then like, like the drummer we had, you know, he knew how to play a basic beat. So then we get to the point where we were past him. So we're like, okay, you got to go, you know, that's, that's hard like, though. And saying it's so hard to say goodbye to it's hard, man. And that what screwed up is we were such good friends. And that's still guy, that guy still to this day is like, screw that. Don't <laughs> we got you. <laughs> Because <laughs> I kicked them out, yeah. Uh, you know, like some music, and any musician, young musicians listening to this, hypothetically, if you are the worst person in the band, maybe you should quit and or try to get better because <laughs> you're sort of like holding the other people back. <laughs> right. I was, a, I was a real angry child back then. My parents got divorced. I was a mess. So okay. I was just like wanted to go and I was just attacking, attack, attack, attack kind of leader, you know, and... uh I look back and I'm like, man, some of the times I'm like, oh, he could have handled that differently now. you know. I, now I, hindsight is always, always 2020. I, I have thoughts like that with my project. I had like a rock band after I joined Cryptopsy called The Era Of, and I ran that pretty hard. And I there's moments that I think back that I could have been a little bit more subtle with my, my tactics and talking to my bandmates. <laughs> right, 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 right. A little bit of more yeah. diplomatic, hypothetically. <laughs> How about you, Zach? At what point did guitar become a big part of your life? Yeah, so I started off uh, on violin originally when I was like six or seven years old. Yeah, yeah. Again, because my older brother was doing it. Like prodigy band. You got the, 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 the dancer in one. <laughs> you got the nice. violinist. It's awesome. Prodigy. Shit, man. Yeah, but that was definitely a thing that like I thought was cool because my older brother was doing it and then quickly found out I wasn't that into it. But my parents were like, well, we signed up for it, so you're doing it. <laughs> so yeah. I did that all through high school. Wow. Um, That's a but long around time. 12 years old. Yeah. Yeah. So I said they, they made me stick with it for a while. <laughs> That's like longer than we signed you up for it. That's like <laughs> we bought you the violin. You're going to use it. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I did that for a long time. But around 12 years old in there, um, I realized that, like, for me, guitar it was like the cool version of the violin. And so I wanted to pick that up. Um, 
and it just came a lot easier. You know, like there are frets yeah. on violin. Yeah. You don't have frets. You, you gotta just be have perfect. to know the notes yeah. by ear. Um, the positions are not like perfectly marked out for you. Mm-hmm. So it just, it was a lot easier to play the stuff I wanted to play right away. Um, so I picked that up around 12 and really never put it down. But it was always kind of like a bedroom thing. Like it never really, uh, it took a long time for it to like, grow into actually being part of bands as i was learning like through high school i went to a high school i'm from chicago originally um and the people in my high school were either like really good like amazing virtuoso guitar players or they were terrible like just starting out so there was really like no one at my level for me to to hook up with and jam with um so i kind of just didn't really do it um and then funny that tony was talking about the theater connection cuz i actually went to college for theater i got a bfa in theater acting yeah i'm expecting i'm expecting like very theatrical performances now <laughs> well, don't worry we do that yeah. <laughs> you can count on that yeah i'll save those for off the stage man <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to cut you off. Keep going. So I yeah hit theater really hard um, pretty much until my early to mid-20s coming out of college. Um, and that was right around the time I found I saw a Craigslist ad from this band called Almost Dead that was looking for another Craigslist. guitar player. Um, and I that was right around the same point for me that was like, you know, I enjoy acting, but I don't feel like it's exactly what I want to be doing. I know I want to be on stage, but I don't know what capacity exactly I want to do it in. And metal's always been like a constant in my life, and guitar's been a constant in my life. Now feels like the right time to really hit that, you know, 100%. And it just happened to work out amazingly well. So that's crazy. Okay. So, so Almost Dead is Tony's first band, and Almost Dead is your first band. Pretty much. Yeah. I had like little things in high school here and there, but my first real band that really took off and did something was Almost Dead. That is incredible. That's awesome. I love that. Hey, what's up, Fox and Hopsheads? I just want to take a little moment about Cryptopsy's upcoming tours. That's right, I'm talking about the Scream of Perseverance tour and our headliner dates that coincide with that tour called As Summer Burns. The Scream of Perseverance tour is kicking off at the end of May and runs all the way until the end of June. We are supporting the mighty death to all. We are going all over the United States and we are hitting some of Canada. So excited to be honoring the legendary music of death alongside amazing musicians that performed on these albums. Even more stoked to be doing some headliner dates in some cities that I've actually never played in. If you are planning to come to any of these shows, you should definitely grab your tickets by going to voxandhops.com slash summer and you will be able to grab all of your tickets there. That's voxandhops.com slash summer. Do it, people. Come hang out with me. Enjoy life, metal, and craft beer in your hometown. Come to a show. We're going to have a great time. Now, enough about all of that. Let's get back to the episode. When I was talking to Kelly, I had to do the same sort of thing with Kelly, where I hung out with Kelly before the tour. Uh, we talked a lot about... I watched that full, I watched that full interview. That was, that was great. Such a sweetheart. I finished the episode and I wrote the guys. I was like, he's so cool. We're going to have so much fun. I'm going to do the same thing right. tonight. Uh, and we were talking about how putting on a show, when you step on stage, it's like putting on a performance. So how much of that 
do you guys drag in from your theater experience type of thing to to portray a character on stage? I know myself, I do it. I'm not the person that I am on stage. It's it's like it's not an act. It's like an amplified version of myself um, directed in a particular energy in a particular direction. Is basically how I would put it. How about for you guys? I so through high school, I, I did wrestling as well. Really. And- I was wrestling and I liked it because I can be on a sport where I'm, you know, by myself. If I lose, it's my fault type mm-hmm. deal. And then um, I ended up placing third at North Coast sections. And then I was a state qualifier. And now I actually coach wrestling for a high, for the high school that I went to. That's awesome. Um, so we just took fourth at uh, fourth in league this last weekend. And so actually this coming Saturday is our league tournament. So we're seeing getting to the end of the year here, but uh, I've always been like competitive and uh, always had that. I love that. Like being in front of that crowd. And even when you're wrestling, you're on that mat and everyone's just watching you and see like one-on-one. So when I, and that's why I love freaking being in a band and love performing in front of a crowd because I don't know what it is, but I just get that, that like um, adrenaline rush just that body high where you're like, okay, this is what I need to be. And I get in front of that crowd and I don't give a shit. And I just turn it on and go as crazy as I can. You know, when I was younger, I was doing backflips off, off the stage. I was, if you've seen it, if people around this neighborhood seen our older shows, they're like, holy crap, the guy's a psychopath. (laughs) Uh, we opened for MOD one time and, uh, Billy was like, uh, what the fuck was up with that ballerina boy? <laughs> I'm doing backflips and shit. And then he goes up there and he's just standing in one spot. He's all pissed off. But uh, I, I thought it was great. I'm in the, I'm in the mosfet like, oh, fuck that ballerina boy. Ian. But yeah, I don't know. Performing. I love it, man. It's just getting in front of that crowd. It's so freaking awesome. Hell fucking yes. How about you, Zach? How, how does your theater background help you on stage? Um, It helps a lot. I'm a pretty like, introverted quiet person day to day in like my normal life um so yeah i often get from people who see us play being like wow you're a different person up there because i do i feel like that is like my whatever like defined container of like this is where you go crazy is up here on stage you're allowed so i really liked yeah Yeah, exactly yeah you're allowed (laughs) yeah you're allowed to go crazy so um yeah that it's it's always been kind of like that outlet for me I love that. I'm so, I always get it. It's like, that's you up there. <laughs> I didn't recognize right. you. I'm like Clark Kent with my glasses and my hat and my hair right. tied up. Too funny. That's cool. I'm, I'm stoked now. I'm, st- I'm, I'm even more stoked as we, we build towards this, um, the tour. It's the next question. Unquestionable blasphemy coming up real soon. Um, I'm stoked about it. Talk to me about this whole thing, uh, uh, how you feel about it, how you ended up here. Um, give everyone the, the vibe of this tour. What are you going to bring there? Uh, Cryptopsy, we are going to honor Blasphemy Made Flesh without doing it in its entirety. Uh, we are definitely going to play some of the tracks from it and um, honor that. We're going to play a bunch of the new album. How about you guys? You just dropped a new album, actually. Destruction is all we know. So I bet you're going to play some of that. Right. We, we, uh, we're focusing on the new stuff we just dropped. Um, and we're excited to play it. Uh, we've been playing our old stuff for so long. We just want to focus. We played a lot of the older stuff last time we were out there in Europe, which is in 2021. We actually were on that tour that, uh, got canceled because of, uh, really 
Yeah. So we were, t- we were already tied up with flaming arts for that one. Okay. And then that fell through. But when I heard him talking about that, what was, what was, um, so cool about Kelly, he actually reached out to me and called me and I talked to him on the phone about it, which is, he didn't have to do like that shows how cool that guy is. And we had a whole hour conversation and he explained everything to me about what went down and, you know, I'm like, shit happens, you know, I get it. Uh, did you guys have like plane tickets bought at that point too? And plane tickets bought, you know, yeah, that, that sucked. And I didn't, of course I didn't, uh, get the insurance. We went through an app, so I didn't get the insurance that costs. We literally just bought ours and there was that box that I was going to check. And I was like, I'm going to check it. We're going to go to Europe. (laughs) But, but we worked it out. We worked it out with that situation with this, this tour we're on now, which is great. And, uh, I'm just excited. We've, what was crazy about that one is it was literally the day of we're leaving. We're, we're getting in our cars to go to the airport and we get the call. We're like, so we all show up to work the next day. Like, just kidding. Yeah. Yeah. That must've been a hard (laughs) walk into the office there. Right. Right. I do construction. So I was like, Oh, finally get me out of here. Yeah. I understand. But uh, yeah, we're going to focus on the new stuff. We just dropped a new album on the 26th of January. Destruction is all we know from uh inner strength records and uh we're gonna focus on that and probably try to blow out the whole album every night if we can nice we're stuck to be there zach how about for you coming to europe it's cool to come back and just to have some experience or have my bearings now this time like so much was new that time not to mention we were like tony said we were driving ourselves around this time around you're on the bus right i'm not crazy hell yes we're gonna live together this is getting this is getting (laughs) deeper now we're definitely going to hang out. You don't, you, don't have, you don't have to drive. You can you can enjoy some 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 liquids. Uh, you can crawl up to your bunk. It's going to be. An, is this your first bus ex, uh, bus experience? Yeah, first bus experience, man. Stoked. It's going to be great. So 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 keep going, Zach. Sorry. Yeah. No, I was just going to say on that tour. Um, you know, like he, Tony said, we played a lot of our older material, which went over great, and I feel like we gained a lot of new fans who hadn't heard of us that way. Um, But it really also inspired me musically to write stuff kind of around the music that we were around every day. So like Batushka and Belfagor, it's a lot of black metal, black and death metal, that sort of thing. And that really, I really took that inspiration into this album just when writing riffs and whatnot. So I feel like our new material now is still very much us and still very much harks back to the albums we put out previously. But it also fits in super well, I think, with the rest of the tour package with Atheist and Cryptopsy and whatnot. And like, we kind of do our own take on the death metal style. So I really, I'm, I'm really stoked about it. It is very cool. It's, it's, it's a very eclectic package. It's like death metal has such a, a vast term with, with multiple different genres encompassed within that one name, you know? So Atheist being much more progressive, us being much more brutal technical having you guys on there with a little thrash elements and some groove elements it's 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 awesome and it's perfectly normal to like tour with someone and then you go back home and you write riffs and you encompass that energy into your entity it's it's totally normal and it's cool and it's refreshing for yourself to have this whole new like faucet of uh, inspiration to 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 pick from we've always i mean think if you listened to any album that we have, we always like to push ourselves and we never go the same direction. You know, we're always going where we're feeling at the time. And that's, what's so cool about, um, 
working with Zach, you know, uh, he, so we had the first four albums done and then my old members actually moved out of state. So I was left with just a guitarist and, um, but we didn't know they were leaving until Zach joined. So Zach joined us. And then all of a sudden we played one show at Slims in San Francisco. I don't know if you ever played there. I might have, but I don't remember. And then, uh, we play that one show and then we're like, we're getting ready to set up a tour and do that type of thing. And all of a sudden they all just left. And then it was like me and two, me, Nick and Zach. And then even Nick was like, okay, I think this is the end. So he stepped away and then it was me and Zach. And uh, we just kind of looked at each other and we're like, well, should we try to keep this going? <laughs> and uh, we stuck together and uh, it, it's been crazy, man. We've been through multiple, multiple musicians just trying to find people that want to go out and tour. And uh, we've, we finally found the right batch of people. And then we got a couple extras, uh, extra bass and an extra drummer for touring wise in case we need them. Um, so yeah, uh, me and Zach, we worked together with brutal onslaught. Um, and that was kind of more our learning experience of how we're going to write together type deal. That was an interesting, cause it's a, it's a whole new way. I used to be, locked in a room with musicians and we'd write that way, you know, like just play the riff, you know, stuff yeah. like that. Riffs. But Zach and Ben, he's got the more computer wizard technical aspect. And he's like, Hey, we don't have to do it this way. Check this out. You know? And I'm like, Oh shit. You know, that's yeah. That's that, that was a big, big issue with Cryptopsy for a long time. Flo likes to jam things out and Chris likes to do it in the studio. And it was this. And that was, that was the one problem i think i was having with the the last record we did where it was like oh i, I want to you know jam it out and hear it because i'm so used to writing that way like i'll hear something and be like oh this we put this here you know blah, blah, blah. but i learned with zach uh the way he uh was writing on guitar pro and he would share those programs with me and um just seeing how that went and we finally we figured it out how to do it with that time and then this time it's just we locked it in. Yeah, I feel like yeah. this with this album, you know, it's like I relationships. Like, I feel like when you date, right. When you, when you we date, finally, like someone, the first two years, you're just fighting. And then after that, if you survive right. those two years, you've had all the fights basically. And you just, you know, live right. the rest of your life. Right. <laughs> and, uh, we, we both got freedom on this one to kind of step which direction we want to go. Like me with lyrics, sack with riffs. And, um, I don't know. It was so, it was just a fun experience. That's awesome. I'm excited to share it. You ready? You ready for this? Uh, you're happy that the album's out and then you're, you're satisfied with, with expressing yourself more and understanding what, what almost dead is all about. Yeah. Or even just defining it for myself. Right. Cause I came into the band, it was already well established in this area in the Bay area. So I, yeah. And our, the guy who, you know, Nick, the old guitar player who wrote all the riffs before, left and it was you know on one hand a great opportunity for me to like step into some music writing responsibility right away um but on the other hand it was you know i, I was like i don't 100 percent jive with what the band was before i like it that's why i joined but i also have my own ideas um and so the last yeah several years have just been kind of like melding those two together and i feel like on this album we found a really good balance 
Um, because I kind of, even before the uh, the Batushka and Belfagor tour, like, I've always been a huge European metal fan. I've always been a huge, like, Norwegian black metal, Swedish death metal, etc. Like, that's always been, going back to high school, like, part a lot of, like, Cryptopsy, like, a lot of, like, brutal death metal. Like, that's always been part of my influence. It was just a matter of kind of, like, working that in to a more traditional, like, thrash groove style band. And I knew it could work, and I knew there were elements we could throw those in. It was just finding the way the to Venn, do that. The Venn diagrams overlap way too much. It, it totally worked. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I feel like on this one we really found like the perfect blend in a way that worked to our strengths. It wasn't. Uh, I think on the last album that we did, Brutal Onslaught. Sometimes people would be confused because it felt like one track was very much kind of thrash or groove oriented and one track was like much more melodic and almost like active rock radio sounding and they weren't totally sure where to like categorize this not that that totally matters but just for ease of you know like marketing and selling yourself it can be a little challenging and i think on this one our kind of disparate influences were seen as a strength it's like oh they're very much like they have a distinct sound but they incorporate, you know, like symphonic elements and, you know, like breakdowns and all these other elements that kind of work into it. Very, very cool. Now, I've toured with Belfagor and there was moments when I totally knew that it was not a good time to talk to Helmuth uh, because I could feel his vibes. Now, we're about to tour together. And this is a, an interesting question for the both of you. Uh, what should I look out for um, to know when I should give you guys some space, uh, when I can tell that you're not feeling very well? Zach, you mentioned you're a little bit introverted. Hypothetically, uh, that might happen on tour. It happens, you know, but we're going to be together for, for a month. So, so what should I be watching out for here? You know, it's the greatest thing about us is literally you can talk to us whenever you want, because we're like... We're, these guys, this group I'm bringing with me, they're just a bunch of cool guys, like Excellent. coolest, coolest people in the world. Like nobody has a chip on their shoulder. It's that's the greatest thing about the band. Um, I think um, now that I'm not driving, it's going to be a party. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. That was the only reason I was so tired of driving. Oh, I was probably the guy to watch out for if I'm driving a car. I'll tell you that. How about um, you, Zach? What, what do you got to say about that? Yeah, I mean, I'm te- I'm usually pretty good about finding my own space when I need to. You got a bunk now, which is which is it's it's haven. Yeah, and I yeah, I'm very much like looking forward to because I nothing really happened on the last tour, but yeah, it was just like being confined in the same space, and that's all you have is each other's space. You don't really have like a spot to call your own. A van, a van, or an RV is is tough. There, it's 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 you put your bag down and you come back and someone's moved it, and it's it's extremely frustrating. Yeah. But if anything, I'm worried about making sure I don't bother everybody else too much because I'm just going to be stoked to be there. So I'll let you, I'll I gotta let you make know. Sure. Don't worry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll just make sure I don't bother folks. We're going to have a good time. I like it. Uh, I like making beers. I've released over 80 of them uh, since I started the podcast back in 2018. Um, that's my favorite type of collab to make. I've made uh, beers for Cryptopsy for the podcast. I've made teas for Cryptopsy because I love tea. I've made coffee for Cryptopsy. What would be the perfect collab? for almost dead probably a beer but i'm also a huge tea person i don't know i don't think the rest of the band is but i love a good tea so hey what was that tea you were talking about with kelly the the, the throat coat board? i'll bring some yeah well, well we're gonna oh, i was I've literally been looking that up ever since i watched that interview. it's like, easy hey. to find in the states at uh at walmart's and at um what's that fancy healthy one there 
Oh, Whole Foods. Uh, Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh, Whole Foods. yeah. Sprouts Whole would Foods, have yeah. it too, but uh, but it's. Uh, I'll send it. I'll send you a picture of it. The 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 other thing uh, the other thing you and Kelly are going to be pissed off about is you know I'm sad to say it but uh, I have a cordless mic. Ooh, that's I'm one of those guys. You know, I'm one of those assholes. No, no, I was talking to Audio Technica today or yesterday actually. Shout out to Mike and Audio Technica for sponsoring the podcast and Cryptopsy um, <laughs> about hypothetically getting me one this coming summer. So we'll see. We'll see. That's good. Yeah, that's good. I, I, you know, I used I used a cord one time, and I'm singing with it, and then of course, me being stupid or whatever, I un- unplugged it halfway <laughs> through the set, and then I'm finishing a song. I'm like, this is when I'm younger, you know, probably like 18, 19, and I'm like, oh shit! Next thing I'm pl- replugging it in. So that happened one time, and then ever since then, you I went had to wireless, cord. really, right, right. Yes, yeah, that's good. And I've had uh, it ever since, and it's. I don't know. I just, I'm so used to it now. And it's like that freedom. You can mm-hmm. go wherever you want. On the big yeah. festivals, I feel it there that they don't have long enough wires for me. That's annoying. Um, right. We'll, right. we'll, we'll see how that goes. I'm sure me and Kelly will forgive you. I'm sure. Uh, back to the beer though, that you're <laughs> going to make for almost dead. What, what kind of beer would be the perfect, almost dead beer? Oh man. Double IPAs all day for me. Um, you know, we have band practice and I'll always bring the double IPAs. People seem to love them. Um, I know uh, one of our bass players brought some Bud Light and nobody drank them. <laughs> so I think we're IPA guys. I'm, I'm, IPA Google, guys. I'm Googling your, your recent album. Let's find a name for this. <laughs> <laughs> Destruction yeah, is all. Um, Destruction is always, I've, I've been wanting to. My wife won't like this. She's listening in the background. I've been wanting to make a beer called Destroy Tomorrow. And it's like a triple IPA. <laughs> destruction is all we know that comes out warheads in the sky warheads in the sky could be an it would be more of a sour beer if you make like a sour beer you drop a bunch of warheads in it eight eyes of black ipa that works too um (laughs) i'm looking at all your names here within the ashes oh agent of hops there you go agent of chaos (laughs) agent of hops that works like it That's it. I like to ask my guests uh, a question about a short-term goal, something that you're hoping to accomplish within the next month or two. It's a question that I called fight the hops. What are you guys doing right now to fight the hops? Short-term goal that you're both working on could be a collective goal that you've decided together or each on your own side. What are you doing right now to fight the hops? Man, short-term goal right now is just get prepared for this tour, man. Mm-hmm. Um, working our asses off. Uh, we got we got a vinyl release vinyl release show coming up this Saturday. We're excited. Uh, it's in Concord at Vinny's Bar. We're going to go in there and play the new album in front of everybody uh, for the first time. And then um, after that, we got one other little show just to get another little second show in before the tour, you know, get our uh, get going. So. Hell yes. The shows are worth seven jams. I've been saying that for years and I, I truly believe that because it's completely different. I don't know why it's so different. Even now that we're on in-ears, it still feels different to play a show versus being being in a jam room. And I can't explain it. It's, I guess it's the, the nerves and the, I don't know about it, if it's the same for you guys. A hundred percent. Yeah. We're on, or at least the guitar, bass and drums are all on in-ears as well. And so, yeah, you would think it would be relatively similar but something is just like everything is louder, everything is like faster, but also slower. It's like, <laughs> it's I can't quite explain thing. it, but yeah. 
It's always different. So weird. We're going to have so much fun. I'm so excited. Uh, February 25th to March 24th, we are heading to Europe together. Um, it's Cryptopsy, Atheist, Almost Dead, 72 Legions and Monastery. We're, we're going to rip across Europe. Uh, we're also going to the UK, uh, Scotland, Ireland. It is going to be a blast. I think I'm playing, we're playing Croatia. I feel like I've never played Croatia, Croatia and that's literally. Dude, Ireland, f- come on. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. That fairy. I have a fairy story. Just unbelievable. It was the craziest storm outside. And I was editing a podcast because I had just launched the podcast at that point. And I was sitting on one side of the boat and I was looking across the boat and the waves were coming up over the other window because it was so choppy, the seas. And everybody, a singer of a band, I won't say which band, was was in the toilet puking his brains out with seasickness. So, so sick. And they canceled every ferry after our ferry that went out for like hours. It was fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. What a night. <laughs> I have one last question before, uh, you know, we're going to, we're, 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 we might need this. So I hope that you have the secret cure of my question coming up because um, uh, Tony's not driving. So, so the vodkas and flow juices might be flowing. Uh, we might find some Belgian beers um, hypothetically. So what are your hangover cures? Classic Vox and hops wrap up question. Oh man. You know what? If I'm just drinking vodka, I have no hangover. Really? Okay. If I drink Jack Daniels or some whiskey or some Patron, see you later. Yeah, I'm in the dumpster the next day. And what's the secret? And when you wake up in the dumpster, what do you do? Uh, Bloody Mary. Mm -hmm. Back to the vodka. Yeah. (laughs) Very nice. Zach? Yeah, I usually go a full breakfast, some Pedialyte, and some saltines, especially if it's really bad. Saltines is a good idea. That works with car sickness too. I've heard like if you put those in like with with like little kids there, if they they feel car sick in the car, you give them saltines and makes them feel better. So that makes sense actually. Those are my go tos for sure. Hell yes, Tony and Zach, thank you so so much for taking the time, hanging out with me, talking about your life, talking about music, talking about our upcoming tour, the uh, unquestionable blasphemy tour coming up very very soon. Uh, when I release this episode, when you're listening to this episode, you're listening to it right now, people. The tour is next week when this comes out. So so. Get your tickets if you have not. Uh, come hang out with us. Uh, we're going to drink some beers. We're going to have some fun. We're going to bang our heads. It's going to be an ultimate, ultimate fun time. Guys, thank you so, so much for hanging out with me. I greatly appreciate it. Dude, thank you, Matt. Awesome. Cheers to you, yeah. buddy. Thanks for having us. Cheers. Hey, thank you all so, so much for listening right to the end. You know that I love and appreciate that, man. This was awesome. I'm so stoked that I connected with Zach and Tony before this tour, which is now happening right now. That's right. The unquestionable blasphemy tour is happening in Europe right now. Cryptopsy, Atheists, Almost Dead, 72 Legions and Monastery going all across Europe for the next month. And I'm so goddamn stoked that I connected with Zach and Tony before the tour. I'm sure that we're having a blast right now. Uh, Massive cheers to Zach and Tony for sitting down with me before we headed out on this tour. Go grab your tickets, people. You can go to voxandhops.com slash Europe. Grab those tickets. Come and party with Zach, Tony, and I, with Kelly from Atheist and the rest of the guys, 72 Legions and Monastery. We are having a blast. 
Now, if you enjoyed this Vox and Hops episode, you should sign up to the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast mailing list. You can do that on my website, voxandhops.com. That's V-O-X-A-N-D-H-O-P-S.com. And when you do that, you shall receive one email a week that contains all of the details of everything that has happened in the world of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast. You will get to see which episodes I dropped recently. You will also get to see which episodes I have coming up. You will get to hear about any projects I have in the works for the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, and you will also be updated on whatever I got going on with Cryptopsy. That's right. Cryptopsy, we just dropped our brand new album back in September of 2023, and we are doing a whole bunch of stuff. We are planning a massive 2024. You will also get to see which albums the Vox and Hops album review crew have reviewed recently, and you will get to see which albums Jerry Monk, Vox and Hops' metal architect, has added to the Brutal Awakenings playlist. There's always a lot of stuff going on in the world of the Vox and Hops metal podcast, and I hate when you miss a single thing, so do me a favor and sign up to the mailing list. The Vox and Hops metal podcast is brought to you by Sound, Talent Media, and Evergreen Podcasts. I hope you have a killer rest of the week. I will be back next week with another episode with Jason Nitz of Warforged. But until then, remember to enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. Cheers, Vox and Hops heads. Welcome to us talking about our podcast for a minute. What's the name of that podcast? That's Axe to Grind. Uh, and right now you're going to be getting a little... A little taste of it, right down to the shaky microphone and all. <laughs> and my name's Bob. And my name's Patrick, and usually we're joined by Tom. Tom's the best. Tom has a real grown-up job that requires him to be at work, but we talk about decidedly not-so-grown-up things like... Hardcore music and things that people that like hardcore music tend to like. So that could be the latest shows, uh, revisiting classic material, talking about the new classics... Um, all the little dorm room nonsense that you imagine from a niche music podcast that, that you either love, want to love, or hate. Yeah, imagine all the emotions that you have towards a genre that, that uh, has impacted your life uh, and then condense them down to an hour to two hours a week. So triangulate your speakers. Think about jumping off the bed, singing along, dancing like an idiot and listen to Axe Grind Podcast. <laughs>